0: Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. I'm Georgie, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, of which Thirsty Scholars is a member. Connects Education Partnership is also part of the group and was recently an approved national tutoring partner for the past two years. Rebecca Cracknell, tutor, found out about op- tutoring opportunities with the National Tutoring Programme and joined our community. In today's episode, we turn to our series supporting new and aspirational tutors and are joined by Rebecca, who's an established tutor and has written a number of courses for Thursday scholars to support new and existing tutors. Today, we look at unpacking what it's like to work as a tutor day to day and discuss any challenges or top tips to support you as you approach this challenge. Over to Rebecca Cracknell now, So Rebecca, can we start by recapping on how you actually joined us and became a tutor?
1: Hi Georgie, Uh, it's nice to join you again. So um, I came into tutoring through quite a traditional route in that I am a qualified English and drama teacher and I had begun tutoring right at the start of my career because everyone said that that's something else a teacher can do to earn a bit more money and um, I did it throughout my teaching career um, sort of here and there when I needed a bit more money or when somebody came up who felt like a good fit for me in terms of a student but um, after I had my own family I looked at um, a more sort of a flexible approach in terms of my career I worked part-time and then when that still didn't feel like completely enough for me and my family I then um, worked as a tutor in school delivering small group intervention um, sort of programs Um, from there um, as a result of the pandemic I also looked at other ways that I could incorporate sort of tutoring into uh what I did which was when I discovered connex education and joined through the national tutoring program uh, from there I've delivered sessions online both one on one and in small groups and uh that's where I am today
0: excellent thank you for that recap it's great to sort of hear about your experiences Rebecca and how you joined us so um I think you touched on the types of models of tuition support you've delivered. Did you want to elaborate a little bit more and sort of tell us a little bit about when you usually take when these usually take place in your weekly schedule?
1: Yeah. So um, when I was working as a classroom teacher, as my main career, I um, had delivered the one to one programme in schools and that took place. Um, coordinated by the school, in school, after school and I enjoyed that. I also delivered private tuition um, to students in their own home which usually took place um, in the evenings or directly after school and uh, sometimes at weekends. As I said I delivered small group intervention sessions which again were organised by school to be delivered during the school day um, so I'd go into school and work with a series of groups offering whatever was required for that specific group during the day. And sometimes that was um, with students coming out of um, I'm, I'm an English teacher. So coming out of their English lessons um, and other times it was um, kind of as additional support. Um, sometimes they come out of other subjects um, or um, during kind of registration. Um, or in lunchtime sessions too and then um, the national tutoring program sessions as I said I deliver those primarily online um, and again they're small group sessions but also one-to-one and I've delivered those um, both in the evening in holidays and um, some during the school day too
0: Thanks, Rebecca. So, um, so you you kind of started to touch on what your typical working week looks like. So, I know you juggle a family <laughs> as well. So, do you want to give us a, a sort of a, an overview of what your sort of your weekly structure looks like?
1: Yeah, of course. So, um, I try and block my tutoring sessions um, so that I don't work every single day of the week so i currently work on a monday evening um and i do a thursday evening and i sometimes work at the weekend as well and that isn't to say that i don't work at other times um because obviously part of being a tutor is not just the work that you do when you're with a student so um on a monday evening i deliver some sessions online and i also um visit a student in his own home um and the same kind of on the thursday and at the weekend i have previously also blocked off sessions during the course of the day so when my own children are at school particularly as it gets closer to gcse exams and um, schools are offering more intensive support for students at that time so um as I I said previously, kind of either going into a school or the work I did with um, the NTP programme where I'm uh, delivering those sessions online, but working kind of back-to-back sessions so that I'm maximising the time where I'm kind of covering my childcare, et cetera, um, and the time I'm able to work with those students. And then I use the time around that to plan, prepare, stay in contact with um, either the student's parents or the agency um, and keep up to date on all of my resources or do any CPD that I need to do as well
0: thank you It's a, it sounds like you're um you're really able to sort of balance and and make it work for you um, so it's great to hear that that that's kind of becoming well established did that take time for you to actually um develop that kind of structure and and did you try and test lots of different ways
1: yeah and if i'm honest it's something that continually evolves the nature of tutoring is that it is going to change and it won't ever stay the same students either work in small bursts with you and then don't need your support anymore or they're using you as um kind of a support into in a specific time frame so they're running up to a a mock exam or a real exam and so you're only going to work with them for a short period of time or um, the natural kind of shape of the school year with um, holidays etc and breaks it's never going to be something that's consistent so um, it has taken me time to be okay with that it's taken me time to be able to say yes to the things that will work for me and ask for those things too so if I'm working with someone to say well actually can I move you to this evening because that works really well with the rest of the provision that I'm offering to other people Um, and to say no to things that don't work too so it has it has taken time but now I feel more comfortable and confident with that it it evolves so I might lose a student and then gain somebody else who fills in their slot or it might be that I shift the work I'm doing on a certain evening to a different evening because that works better for the new students. It it evolves but you have to be flexible and allow that to happen Um, whilst also feeling kind of confident that it will happen. What I found is at first I was quite afraid of oh, I've lost a student and I'm not going to get any more work or, oh, that student can't do it on that evening. How am I going to fit that in? But I think um, having a bit of faith that the right thing will come up at the right time has helped me. And also um, what I've learned is, there are always people who want to be cheated. And, (laughs) and that's found, uh, that's helped me to find that confidence and being able to see that this is an industry that's really growing and is something that is um, valued much more now um, has helped me feel comfortable that the way in which it will fit into my life can happen.
0: Yeah, I think we touched on it on the uh, previous podcast around um, the fact that the Secretary of State and Department of Education are now sort of looking to formalise the role of the tutor. Um, you know, much more within the education mm. system. They've seen the value and the impact of the National Tutoring Program, and um, but it's also great to hear from from your the way the things that you've tested. And and one of the key themes that keeps coming up in these conversations is around the the need to be adaptable um, and flexible and be prepared to change and and respond to what what the number one what the learner needs but also uh, what your challenges and what you're juggling mm-hmm. sort of like balance but uh, it's great to hear that it's really working for you now rebecca so yeah uh, so
1: there, there are lots of different options with it which is something i think in, in the first instance i didn't really Um, know about so being able to see how there are some people who need sessions in the day some people who need sessions in the evening you know there's um, quite a lot of kind of homeschool parents who who access tutoring too and things like that and being able to think about selecting the things that work for me as well as uh, offering the things that work for other people too um, has been really useful in making sure that my working week looks the way I want it to.
0: And it looks like when you when you talk to me, it sounds like you're really enjoying the experience, and and it's 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 been really rewarding. And we'll touch on some of the the stories that you can share with us later when we chat. Um, so it's often seen tutoring seen to be quite um, a sort of an isolated career. Um, so it, I'd be interested to sort of chat with you about are there any support networks that you touch on or or that you use to sort of support and and stay in contact with other people in a similar situation?
1: Yeah, I think when I first started tutoring alongside working in a classroom, that was definitely my experience of it. I, I was trying to do it on my own. And yes, I had the knowledge and skills from being a teacher. But in terms of my working practices as a tutor, I I didn't have any connections or anyone to bounce ideas off. Um, And I think that's really changed. I think joining Connex meant that I felt professionally supported so that uh, things like my safeguarding, things like uh, communicating with schools to make sure that I was getting those sessions that were coming up in the day that I wanted and things like that um was a great network and if if something went wrong with the technology or um i was concerned about a student i could um send those ideas back and somebody else was able to either deal with it directly for me or point me in the right directions to do that for myself and i think um particularly if you were starting out working with an agency like connex is really useful um for establishing those practices and understanding kind of the wider role of the tutor too. Um, In terms of my personal network when I started when I started working with primary age children although having primary age children of my own I um, didn't fully understand the curriculum because I hadn't taught it myself and some of the methods for working with younger students and so i saw I, I definitely sought out other people who were doing that so um aside from people you know who are teaching that age student um i went on social media and followed um, tutors who were showing up on there and sharing their tips and tricks i looked at lots of primary resources um, where I obviously had been confident producing my own resources for secondary age students, because I've been doing it for 15 years, working with primary age children, I wanted to see exactly what those resources looked like. I wanted to think about how they were used practically. And um, I I did find that following people on social media was one, one way that I could see that Um, sort of acted out rather than just in theory of reading about it so people's videos of of them working like through different uh, stages in um, how you would use a resource or simply their setup of their their, like table when they're working with a student um, and and exactly what that looked like or seeing what tools they're using whether they're using like pictures or um when I've worked on maths like um I can't think what it's called now numicon and things like that Uh, I'd I'd never use those in the classroom myself but being able to see that oh yeah it's a it's a different set of skills and there are different tools for engaging those um with younger students was really useful but building those um building those networks up took time because it was thinking about where to look and then filtering down all of the information that's out there to what information I needed and what resonated with how I worked as a tutor too. So it's quite overwhelming at first when you go, oh, there's like thousands of things that come up when you search that on the internet, which one should I start with? Um, So being, being able to kind of, pick a few a few people to follow who you think well that's that's kind of working or um like a few key websites where you know the resources that you're going to find on there are going to be things that you can implement in your in your own uh, delivery was really useful
0: brilliant thank you for sharing those because um I think it's it's great to know that there are support there is support out there for tutors because often it can feel quite isolated and and that's mm. the feedback that we often get from our community so um, it's great to hear that you're able to access those and I'm going to do a shameless plug here so <laughs> uh, so first year scholars we, we obviously offer the after the bell podcast but we also offer free webinars. Um, and usually they're every sort of fortnight. Um, and we've got some great sort of um, experts. So someone like Alison Borthwick, she does some amazing sessions on primary maths. She's got one coming up on um, and That's I should be practising that word already. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Numicon and all those different sort of tools and things that you can use in the classroom um, just to really like simple activities and and getting the pupils engaged on a one-to-one basis, so uh, they're ideal for tutors, and they're also great for teachers as well. So look out for those.
1: I think having a reliable source like that to turn to, where um, it's it's you know a kind of brand that you trust, where you know that you're going to get quality in in your in your CPD is really useful too so rather than as I say sometimes a Google search will throw up everything there is to know about it being able to turn to uh, one source and see what they're able to offer offer to you is a great place to start and then from there you can obviously grow as you need to
0: Absolutely. And again, if you if you are interested in starting to become a tutor, then you can sign up with Connects Education Partnership and there's a whole suite of free tutoring um, education as you get started, um, which includes sort of how to tutor online, which has been written by Rebecca. Um, re-engaging reluctant learners. So we've got lots of different um, sort of short courses that you can access free as part of your onboarding as a tutor with Connects Education. So pop on there after listening to the podcast if you get a chance. Um, So moving on then and building on those conversations, obviously on a day to day, are there any challenges or things that you've had to overcome when you've actually been working as a tutor?
1: Yeah, I um I think one of the main challenges is when you begin working as a tutor you want to be very much in control. Um you want to have planned your sessions sessions, you want to feel really organized, to know what's going to come up and obviously that's really important. But one of the challenges is accepting that quite often when you are working as a tutor the student is in control and you are going to walk in or log on or however you're delivering it and they are going to throw up something that comes from their agenda and that's exactly how it should be because you are there to support them and being able to sort of let go of a plan that you've worked maybe for an hour on and resources that you've spent a lot of time producing and just to answer the question that they might pose is a is a challenge in the first instance Um, what you will learn is that that's what makes tutoring brilliant um, in a way that working in a classroom can sometimes feel like you've got to stick to the plan to the agenda to the scheme of learning whatever it is because you've got to get an x amount covered working as a tutor because you're so focused on the students needs and the ways in which you're supporting just them you you will see that those challenges that come up in the sessions when they want to answer a deliberate a, a specific question or they want to discuss something in more detail than you've planned to cover they can actually be the moments that are also the most rewarding because you can see that they are the things that help that student and they are the things that make that student make progress because they are their specific needs, Um, but it can feel like a challenge um, at first.
0: Yeah, it comes back to that being um, flexible and, 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 and sort of also being authentic and in the moment as well, isn't it? And actually being able to respond appropriately. But if you get that right and you're prepared to uh, go on the journey of becoming a tutor, I think I think then you've actually nailed it. Is there any one particular piece of advice that you would give about working as a tutor? You may well have touched on that already, Rebecca.
1: Yeah, I think the, the main piece of advice is that relationships are key. Um and having kind of professional relationships in in the experience of working as a tutor and with a tutor is what makes that work so um, whilst you might think oh I'm just working with that student for an hour or whatever the the work that you put into communicating with their parents or their school um, is all really valuable Um, And obviously that takes place outside that hour too. And when you then are building that relationship with that student in that time that you're working together, ensuring that that's kind of really professional and nurturing and that you're modeling what a good learner looks like, you're prepared to learn as, as you work together too and recognise mistakes is all the valuable stuff um, because that student may have had different experiences of school, they may feel under pressure at school, they may feel um, that school isn't a place that is designed for them where they're going to have fun and you are the person that can change that. So the kind of key piece of advice is making sure that Whatever relationship is going on, whether it's a relationship with the student, whether it's a relationship with the agency that you're working for, whether it's a relationship with the parents or the schools, that you nurture that relationship in the way that is going to benefit the student and that everything you do um, has that student at heart. So you communicate in a way that is going to help them in the long run
0: absolutely and i can see the passion as you're talking about or rebecca as well I talk yeah you're in really nice. <laughs> yeah, she's got her banner and yeah honestly, i think it, the communicate and, and i touched on this in a recent session that actually um the the tutor communication triangle is so important making sure that you're aligning yourself with the school and the curriculum and you keep communicating making sure that you you talk to the parents and keep themselves updated and and you the three of you work as 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 a collective to um so that the learner feels supported and ultimately keep them at the center keep their learner centered because often if there's a lack of communication that's often where the issues arise and the challenges then become even bigger than they necessarily be if the learner doesn't feel supported from all angles
1: so it's yeah, great and that's,
0: that's your experience as well
1: i also also think that's kind of where your professionalism is key too if that student feels that you will be there for them they will do everything for you um and so being on time um being prepared all of the things that you would that you would do if you were turning up to, t- to teach a class of 30 is still really important when you're dealing with kind of just one one child because if they feel that you're not valuing them and placing them at the heart then the the tutoring dynamic won't work
0: yeah yeah and and that's that's really key absolutely key so let's move on to some uh, fun things what is your favorite thing about being a tutor
1: um my favorite thing about being a tutor is probably the obvious thing it's it's the relationship with the students and getting to work with them in such a close close way um and seeing them grow and develop as you do that um I don't think I've ever done a tutoring session where a student hasn't made me laugh um or made me smile or done something that's surprised me and made me feel like oh yeah I didn't I didn't think that they'd do that or they'd say that and uh, that's really really fun to do so you can be having kind of a a, one of those days as we all do where you think oh I've, I've got to do that but once you're in that session and you're working with them the relationship really drives that forward and sometimes the time can just fly and you go oh it's, it's over already. Um, so I think that's, that's the thing I enjoy about tutoring the most. I think when you've worked with a student, looking back and seeing how far they've come and what they've achieved, both in terms of their outcomes. So if you think about why a student started working with you, what their kind of barriers to their learning were and the ways in which they've overcome that, um, that can feel um, quite monumental at times. You can really feel the power that you've you've had there, but also watching them grow and change as a learner and their their attitudes to learning, their attitudes to education, their attitudes to the subject, all of those things are um amazing to watch too. And I think that the impact a tutor can have on a child's life and their uh, and their outcomes you 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 can't overvalue it really um because there's nothing there's nothing like the um the change in a child who has worked with a tutor um in their in in all of those aspects
0: i, th- I can again i can see the, <laughs> the, the authentic sort of feelings that you've got there and 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 that's one of the the joys of being a tutor is actually you truly can make an impact Mm. you can turn around a learner or a child's and it could be an adult learner even you know make change their attitude to and make it learning fun and Re engage them back into the classroom again if they've been switched off, or it, it's that light bulb moment. It's it's the same when you're a teacher, but I think it, it's more, um, it, it's a closer sort of uh relationship in in that it's because you're working on a one to one, one to two, yeah. one to three basis, so uh, you know that becomes more and more um, um, apparent. I think with, with the difference that you make,
1: I think it can also work, um. In reverse as well. I think if you are possibly a teacher who's kind of fallen out of love with the profession and feels possibly bogged down in some of the day to day aspects of being a teacher, working with a student one on one reminds you what you love about it. Um, it can be fun. it can be like the the flexibility allows you to learn in ways uh, or, or to help the student learn in ways, but also to learn your, yourself, I guess, in in ways that um are not dictated by too many external factors. So to roll with the questions as they come up to have that dialogue, that back and forth to really understand what stage in the process the student is finding hard and put in place the things immediately that are going to help them they're all the things that lots of us um love about teaching and so if you are that person who's fallen out of love with the profession working as a tutor can can reignite that passion
0: yeah think it's it's a strong compromise isn't it when mm. when actually you're overwhelmed with the, the paperwork side and and actually you, but you you know that those make the difference, then then it's great to hear that that's really worked as well. So what's what's the most rewarding tuition story that you can share with us, Rebecca?
1: Um, OK, so <laughs> nobody has favourite students, of course. Um, but I I work with a student called Harry and I've worked with him since he was in Year 8 and he's currently in Year 10. Um, his, his mum's actually a primary head and Harry is very bright. He loves maths and science and his mum contacted me when he was in year eight because he didn't appear to have the same passion for English. He had stopped using punctuation. He'd stopped reading. He'd stopped writing in any length or detail. And he was actually starting to get in trouble in class a bit. Um, he was, a bit smart in some of his responses and wasn't doing exactly what was asked of him and things like that. Um, and we've worked together once a week, pretty much since he was in year eight. We take breaks for holidays and during um lockdown we work together online. Um but I love working with Harry because I can see that progress. I can see not only Harry was always bright and he could always do English, but I can see the progress in his attitude to English. Um, He he wouldn't openly admit that he loves it now, but I think that he does enjoy it. He his mum texted me when they went on holiday to say that he'd started writing a book. And that seems like the sort of thing that you wouldn't do if you weren't enjoying English. And he has read Macbeth independently for his GCSEs. And what he really likes is the fact that he can use our sessions in school. So he has, um, he has <laughs> taken to magpieing things that we do in our sessions. So if we model writing together, or if we cover certain techniques and I use vocabulary or phrasing, um, he'll take that and he'll use it in school. And what he loves about that is he then gets the praise and recognition in school that he felt he deserved all along um he is ambitious now in regards to his results um he is the sort of student who should be getting top grades and he will in his maths and science because he loves them and enjoys them and hopefully now he will in English too but also he's ambitious in regards to his next steps so thinking about the fact that university is something that he wants to do um and it might be odd that my most rewarding story is a student who was already good in the first place but if i think about if i didn't work with harry where he would be now i don't think those things would still be the case i think that in the fact that his parents were able to support him and made the choice to support him in working with a working with a tutor, um meant that his relationship with education changed and i think the fact that many schools now recognise that that can be the key to changing students' attitudes to education, I think that will have the same effect. So whilst not every child is in that same position, because of the sort of um, network of tutors now and the ways in which tutors are being used through the National Tutoring Programme and through schools choosing to work with them, I think the impact that tutoring can have will be much more widespread in the same way that it has previously been for those students who have been fortunate enough to have parents who have chosen to work with tutors in the past.
0: Rebecca, wow, I'm feeling a little bit emotional about that, and Harry,
1: (laughs) but how many? Harry would feel that way too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he would be highly embarrassed <laughs>
0: <laughs> but wow what a difference so and, and I can totally see that if he's starting to get disengaged and switched off from from one sort of subject for whatever reasons just didn't get it the dynamics what was going on in the classroom a knowledge gap that that he'd missed for some reason actually having that relationship and that one-to-one focus and making it fun you've made such a difference and and yeah and who knows he could be the next prime minister he could go out there and and let's not get ahead of ourselves (laughs) (laughs) there are so many learners and pupils out there that are in a similar situation if they are able to access the national tutoring program you know through funding particularly the disadvantaged pupils more and more that's being sort of highlighted as a a way of making an impact and and even if it's just getting them back in love with education um yeah it'll make a massive difference so um yeah we could have you know the next um benedict cumperbatch there we do we just don't (laughs) know do we we just don't know and and actually it's, it's being able to make those interventions at the moment that makes such a difference so I'm I feel very privileged to have heard about Harry and I I want (laughs) to keep want to hurry up every time
1: we catch up you'd like you'd like to meet him you'd like to meet him
0: (laughs) (laughs) so a final kind of question before we we wrap up but can we can you make a career out of tutoring
1: I think most definitely and I think more so um than ever before I think tutoring is something that is really valued in education now. And I think that if you make the decision to pursue tutoring as a career, then there is so much scope for making that happen. Um, I don't think it is a career where one size fits all. I think it's something that you can tailor and curate to reflect who you are as a teacher, Um, the sort of ways that you like to work all of those factors that not only will mean that you are giving students what they need but that you will have a career that works for you I think the options in regards to um, the different ways that you can provide tuition um, are more than there ever has been before I mean The very fact that you can sit in your own home and tutor however many children via the internet means that more children can access it at affordable rates, but also that you can create a model of um, your sort of work-life balance where you are um, being paid for your skills, for your knowledge, for your expertise in a way that also supports what you are outside of the classroom, so what you are as a person and your family needs or um, any other hobbies, interests, um, careers that you want to pursue too. Um, I very much think that there is um, an avenue out there that will allow you to develop a, a Career, not just um, a kind of bit of additional work, as I think it has possibly been viewed in the past, but um, a career out of tutoring. I think if you are looking to do that, a great place to start is by working with an agency because of the sort of nature of regular work that you might be looking for. And I think from there you can then think about what model works best for you and what you're looking looking to create. Um, for your career i think the the way in which it can be rewarding and that it's that it's never been it's never been in a better position for yeah. the people who are offering tutoring to shape what that looks like and be part of shaping what it looks like um for the as a career for other people too yes. so kind of like paving paving the way for what it uh, what it looks like to be a tutor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Sorry. I think, more, no, no, please. <laughs> I think more and more we're seeing, you know, the the evidence that's out there. And, and you know, we we here at Connects Education have have um, we published some impact reports to demonstrate, you know, that the difference that it's making to to our schools, to to learners that are out there. Um, And whether that's as a private tutor or whether that's as part of the National Tutoring Programme and working with disadvantaged pupils, you know, there there can be a type of learner that you want to work with that suits your style and your your sort of um, your flexibility. So, um,
1: yeah, I think most definitely that's that's kind of key, being able to work with the students that you are best with at the times that work for you and covering the subjects and like um, age ranges that you are a real expert in means that the career is really rewarding and it's sustainable. I think in a way that sometimes when you're working as a teacher, you don't always feel like you can keep going. I think tutoring is a really sustainable career because you, you are constantly reflecting on the students that you're working with the times that you're working and you're making those shifts and adaptations to make sure that it works for you so I, I think in that way um it is definitely um a career that has real value too like personal value
0: yeah absolutely i think again it comes back to the Harries of this world and and the impact that you're making on on them but also on as you said it it helps people that perhaps are a bit switched off from becoming uh, being a teacher and and you know the paperwork and the expectations around that actually you can still be part of education and and the reason why you love love what you do um as always it's an absolute joy to talk to you Rebecca and I love your passion and your energy and it's it's great that out of uh the pandemic something positives come we have the national tutoring program and um, we're able to support so many different um pupils but i get to meet great people
1: like you as well so uh oh, so thank you the feeling awesome. is very much mutual thank you
0: thank <laughs> you um so we're going to wrap up now um as a, again another harmless plug here but if you are interested in finding out more about becoming a tutor be it on a on an occasional basis or on a regular basis, be it through national tutoring program or sort of other you know longer term contracts, pop onto Connects Education Partnership, look at their website. You can register, you can have a conversation with someone, no commitments, just find out whether it suits you and give it a go. Um, and I know Rebecca's a great example and uh, of of what's what a success it can be for people and how it can be flexible and suit everybody it's a great opportunity so in our next after the bell podcast we've covered lots of different um sessions so prior to sort of chatting about becoming tutors i've been chatting with helen morgan and andy bridge who are heads of schools and we've been focusing in on Rosenshine's Principles of Instruction, which is a a really useful simple tool and structure that can be used to plan lessons for teachers. Um, But some of that overlaps into tutoring as well, so have a listen to those. Um, They're all free to access. Um, We've also done some sessions for early career teachers and recently qualified teachers um, and these are going to keep happening. So follow us. We release these once a week. Um, we're going to carry on chatting to Rebecca she's the next session she's going to start actually focusing in on some of the different things that she she does so thinking about session planning as a tutor um, and as I mentioned Rebecca's also written a great um, course for planning and preparing um, for being a tutor so we're going to dive into some of that and uh, come up with some top tips, and she'll continue to share her experiences and approaches, and you still have to get to listen to me, I'm afraid. So you can pick up our After the Bell podcast. My name is Georgie. I'm Director of Learning Development for the Classroom Partnership, and they're released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things education, whether you're tutoring, a teacher, new to teaching. Um, You can listen to these while you're driving in the car or making the dinner or as a quick focus to get the day started. But as always, I love these conversations. So thank you so much again, Rebecca, for your time today.